classified information being bandied about in canteens. How the hell do you know where we're going? I pulled a folded newspaper out from under my coat. I can read. That's a Glasgow evening paper I picked up in Renfrew Airport. Hansen unfolded the paper and looked at the front page. Well, would you look at this? Lieutenant Hansen made no attempt to conceal his irritation. I pick up this limey newspaper and here are the top secret details across the front page. You are kidding, Lieutenant, said the man with the red face. I am not kidding, Zabrinsky, Hansen said coldly. Nuclear submarine to the rescue, it says. Dramatic dash to the North Pole and a picture of the dolphin. The following statement was issued today in both London and Washington. In view of the critical condition of the survivors of drift ice station Zebra and the failure to rescue them by conventional means, the United States Navy has agreed that the nuclear submarine Dolphin be dispatched with all speed to try to effect contact with the survivors. It is now 60 hours since a Norwegian radio operator first picked up the faint SOS from drift ice station Zebra, the only British meteorological station in the Arctic. The position of the survivors of the fuel oil fire that destroyed most of the station in the early hours of Tuesday is thought to be desperate in the extreme. The station is at present estimated to be 300 miles from the North Pole, but the clockwise drift of the polar ice pack makes its exact position unknown. The odds against the success of the Dolphin's mission are enormous. Not only must the submarine travel several hundred miles, continuously submerged under the polar ice cap, but the possibilities of its being able to break through the ice cap at any given place or locate the survivors are very remote. Hansen said, That's about all. Zabrinsky, the bear with the red face, grinned. What are those crazy guys doing up there at the top of the world anyway? Meteorological lunkhead, Rawlings informed him. Weather station to you, Zabrinsky. I still say they're crazy guys, Zabrinsky rumbled. Why do they do it, Lieutenant? Ask Dr. Carpenter, Hansen said dryly. I know a little, I admitted. We already know a fair amount about Antarctic conditions, but practically nothing about the Arctic. So we pick a suitable ice floe, fill it with huts crammed with technicians and all sorts of instruments, and let them drift around the top of the world for six months or so. Zabrinsky looked at me. You in the limey navy duck? Attached to it. Rawlings nodded. Why so keen on Arctic holiday, duck? Mighty cool up there, because the men on drift station Zebra are going to be badly in need of medical aid. If there are any survivors, that is. We got our own doctor. Any survivors are going to be suffering from advanced exposure, frostbite, probably gangrene. The treatment of those is a speciality of mine. Is it now? Rawlings surveyed his coffee cup. I wonder how a man gets to be a specialist in those things. Rawlings and Zabrinsky stopped questioning me and embarked upon an enthusiastic discussion of the demerits of Scotland as a submarine base when a jeep swept past the canteen windows. Rawlings jumped to his feet in mid-sentence, then subsided into his chair. The plot, he announced, thickens. You saw who it was? Hansen asked. I did indeed. Andy Bandy, no less. Andy Bandy, eh? Hansen grinned at me. Admiral Garvey, officer commanding U.S. Naval Forces in NATO. 
Now, this is very interesting. What's he doing here? A few minutes passed. The minds of Hanson and his two men were obviously very much on the reason for the arrival of Admiral Garvey when a sailor came in and crossed to our table. The captain's compliments, Lieutenant. Would you bring that carpenter to his cabin, please? Hanson led the way outside. The wind was biting chill. Hanson made for the nearest gangway, passed through the hooped canvas shelter covering the after hatch, and dropped down a metal ladder. Not going to blindfold me, Lieutenant? I asked. No need. I followed him forward, our feet soundless on the black rubber decking. Hanson stopped at the first door on his left and knocked. The door opened, and Commander Swanson appeared. Ah, there you are. Sorry you've been kept waiting, Dr. Carpenter. Swanson led me into his cabin and closed the door behind him. I'd like you to meet Admiral Garvey, Commander U.S. NATO Naval Forces. Admiral Garvey put down the glass he was holding.